This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Puramore, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Puramore, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button. All right. Welcome everybody back to the Prayer Culture Podcast. So I have Patrick and myself, and we have an amazing guest today, someone the Lord has redeemed, Chuck. (laughs) He's dancing for us right now. So Chuck has some just really amazing testimony and life stories that God's taken him through the journey, and really just a lot surrounding prayer and the power of prayer in different evangelistic contexts, also in context of deliverance and just people being delivered from different things. And but he just has some really powerful stories, and so we just want to hear about him, Chuck. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, hi there. My name's Chuck, and uh, first syllable of the word chuckle, I uh, <laughs> laugh a good deal. He who sits in heaven laughs. Hallelujah. And we laugh a good deal around you, so thank amen. you. Yeah. I'm, I'm a humorous guy. Amen, <laughs> amen. Well, you know, I'm 71 years old, going to be 72 soon, got born again, and April of 1979, at the time practicing Buddhist, teaching yoga and meditation as in, in the context of being a youth pastor in a Catholic church. <laughs> so, as, as one does. So that was a very eclectic <laughs> season. <Yeah. laughs> Hallelujah. Wait, how did you get there? Because that... You don't really hear that every day or like ever. I've never heard that Buddhist story ever youth before. Pastor in Catholic church. So how'd you get there? I was working in Houston, actually, carpentering in a house, and over lunch, we met this woman going through an abandoned building looking for furniture. And I said, well, excuse me, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, oh, well, I'm, I'm a youth pastor at this church, and we just need some furniture for our youth club. I said, well, here, I've got my truck. Let me help you, you know. And, and so we got the stuff out. And I said, what exactly do you do? And she says, well, you know, I just, it's this poor church, and, and I just got 100 kids in my youth club. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I like kids. Well, would you mind helping me out? Well, sure. (laughs) Wow. So I just started going up there. Oh my goodness, I started going up there. And uh, probably a third of the youth group was addicted to sniffing shoe polish. Mm. You know, it was a very cheap thrills, poor neighborhood, you know. And the context I was, I was a very much of a new ager. I believed that the... uh, the Christian perspective was from the Piscean age, mm. and uh, the age, you know, the fish symbol being the symbol of Christianity and all, and and uh, we were moving out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, <laughs> and that's why Christianity was so anemic and so divided, and and uh, I had this new message moving on into the age of Aquarius, <clears throat> so I was very very patronizing to Christians. I would tell them, oh, you found a very good guru. Jesus was a good guru, but but don't you know that you can be Jesus? Don't you know that, you know, 
And I'm sorry to say I was very effective at leading people out of their Christian nominalism into the new age. Uh, mm. I was so deceived. Mm. You don't do Kriya Yoga meditation and yoga and Hatha Yoga for years without becoming a habitation of demons. Mm. Okay, I was. I just and uh, we'll get to that later, maybe. But uh, so I'm in there, very patronizing, very condescending to these people, and so I would minister to them, and they would try to minister back. Bless them, and they say, "Well, Chuck, you need to be born again." Well, I believed in reincarnation. I said, well, sure, I've been born again probably dozens of times. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, uh, touche. They didn't know what to say. They said, well, no, Jesus is the only way. And I'd say, yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. Love's the only way. Jesus is love. I agree. Oh, wow. And bless them. I mean, they would give me both barrels and had nothing more to say. Hmm. So they kind of knew it. They knew it was off, but they didn't really know how to they, respond. To and bless them. There was these... The Catholic charismatic movement was really kicking at this time, mm. okay? And they were just full of the righteousness, peace, and joy of God. Mm. And I wasn't. Mm. To them, it was a personal thing that they're living. And for me, it was a carrot on a stick. Yeah. Something I'm striving for. Mm. And I remember thinking, beloveds, I remember thinking, I'm going to have to join these people or kill them. Because <laughs> it really bothers me. Wow. But they're so freaking happy. Wow. <laughs> and, the, and, you know, Plato said that there's contented pigs and frustrated philosophers. Mm. And I just decided Christians were contented pigs. Because mm. none of them could give an answer for the hope that lay within them. They couldn't. None of them could carry on a consistent theological discussion with me. But they had the fruit of the Spirit, and I didn't. Wow. And it used to really bother me. And they would just laugh, and I'd tell them stuff, and they'd just laugh, and... Hey, Chuck, you want a tamale, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just, yay, Jesus. You know, he leads us. He leads us with our hungers and our thirsts. But uh, so my theology, I felt I had a path, okay? My frustration was I could not introduce them to the path. Mm. If you're addicted to sniffing shoe polish, you can't do yoga. You know, you can't become a vegetarian, you can't do meditation. So I could not introduce them to my path. Mm. So I got angry at God for their sakes. Are you hearing me? Mm. I said, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going on. I'm, I'm confident I'm going to get there. But I just cannot introduce these kids to this. And uh, at this juncture of being angry at God, a Christian came to me on a retreat and it was Catholic lay workers from all over Texas and New Mexico were gathered together. And bless his heart, he came to me and he said, well, hallelujah, Chuck, how's it going down there in Houston? And I went off on this poor guy. I started yelling at him. Mm. And, I, and I quoted the Bible. The Bible says to love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And I said, I'm in the ghettos of Houston, and I'm seeking to do that, and I don't see any of you hallelujah Christians down there. And bless his heart, as I just get really, he starts to back up. I think he thinks I'm going to hit him. Mm. And, I, and I'm, to be honest with you, I'm kind of shocked myself. I'm like, why am I yelling at this guy? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, what's going on? And he said, Chuck. It's not that you love God, it's that God loves you. And I got saved. Wow. Wow. I mean, you hate Jesus. 
Hmm. I was just, to be saved, you need to repent and believe. I was a new ager, and I was repenting with every fiber of my being. Mm. I knew promiscuity was wrong. I knew greed was wrong. I knew lust was wrong. I knew anger was wrong. I knew manipulation was wrong. I knew it was wrong. And I had set my heart to just stop doing it. Right. <laughs> and mm. I was repenting, but I was not believing. Mm. I was not. That's why blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom, okay? All they got to do is believe. They're already repenting. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why I love talking to religious people. Usually they're repenting and they're not believing. Mm. And I got saved. And I remember just standing there, just staring. And he disappeared, bless him. I think he thought I was going to hit him. He, just, <laughs> he hightailed he, it. He went. <laughs> and I'm standing there going, oh my gosh. And that night in my journal, I wrote, I guess I believe Jesus is the guru for all people. Wow. And I wrote out John 3.16. And I just wrote it in my journal. And it was in April of 1979. And then I wrote, but it is an Aries moon with a Taurus ascendant, and you're willing to make really bold professions during this time. <laughs> so we'll see what happens when the moon changes. Yeah. I actually wrote that in my journal. Wow. And I look back at it, and I go, Phew, Lord, you're so patient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But to be candid, that began probably the most difficult year of my life. Mm. You, know, the, you know, people say, can Christians have demons? Well, I'm not going to make a doctrine out of it, but I'll tell you my experience. Mm. I had been doing yoga and meditation. And by the way, beloved, the purpose of yoga is to move the kundalini up your spine and open your pineal gland, your third eye. Kundalini means serpent. You don't want the kundalini coming up your spine. Mm. Okay, I'm just... Take that with how many grains of salt you want. Fair and, warning. You know, stay away from it. Yeah. And so I was born again, but I was demonized. Mm. And I got so tormented, I couldn't sleep at night. I used to put on headphones and walk around a coffee table in this commune I was living in, listening to classical music until I would just kind of fall over. That's mm. how I would go to sleep at night. It was pitiful. Wow. Wow. And I read this book called Run, Baby, Run, biography of Nikki Cruz, one of the first converts of Dave Wilkerson in New York. And it talked about this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I said, obviously, this is what I need, whatever it is. So I went to my priest, and I said, I need to be baptized in the Spirit. And hey, Chuck, before you go there, you said that you were tormented, right, by demons. What, what, was, what did that look like? Did, were they like voices, or was it just anxiety? Like, what, what kind of, how did that manifest? Good question. Thank you. Um, every good feeling or good thought or good thing was, was just like Teflon. I could not hold on to any personal worth or personal self-esteem or any... I found myself very judgmental, very critical mm. of myself and other people. I became super suspicious of everybody's motives. Mm. It was just... It was a religious spirit, okay. and he's just impossible to satisfy. Mm. You're never good enough. You're never good enough. You're never good enough. You know... Work harder, work harder. Go, you know. No, he's a hypocrite. No, he's a. And he was. And the irony of it is, I was pitifully unhappy, but I was so proud of it. Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I I know what you're talking about now. I know exactly what you're talking about now. I mean, it's just like the. I've irony been there. Like, it's like what what do I have to brag about? Nothing. But I still brag, you know. Mm. So my Catholic priest arranged for me to go on retreat to a 
charismatic monastery north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And you'll like this. I went to my yoga instructor. <laughs> and I said, I need to be baptized in the Spirit. What do I do? And he's like, baptized in the Spirit. Well, I'm not sure what that is, but there's this monastery up in New Mexico I could recommend you visiting. And it was a different one. So I went on retreat to two Benedictine monasteries in northern New Mexico. And then my yoga instructor kind of leaned in conspiratorially and said, and there's this real spiritual town up there called Durango. You might find what you're looking for there. Mm. So I stuck out my thumb and off I went on my Chautauqua, my spirit quest, you know. Mm. And I... So you hitchhiked. Hitchhiked, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I love hitchhiking. <laughs> I still do. So no yoga, but yes, hitchhiking. Oh my gosh. You just say, God, here I am, send somebody. And just exciting things happen. Okay. <laughs> if you get in the car with somebody for three hours and you can't lead them to Christ, you need to repent. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I love the heart and spirit in this, right? What here. an evangelist. It's beautiful. I'm not an evangelist, but I'm a... I'm a skilled witness. This man's an evangelist. Okay, that is true. Michael is an evangelist. <laughs> kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. But. <laughs> right. That is also true. <laughs> right. He's an evangelist. That's what we said. Amen. And so I go off on this Chautauqua and go to these places, and I call them the string of pearls. God began to bring, he began to show me the pearl of the kingdom in people. Hmm. I was in... Uh, Durango, Colorado, and I went to this book table, and it was spiritual books, and I go, well, I'm spiritual. Let me look at your books. And the guy said, well, tell me about your God. Like, and I told him, and he said, oh, well, you're not a Christian. And I go, I'm not? He goes, no, no, you're a pantheist. And he explained the difference. And I went, ah, create a little dissonance. I'm mm. a youth pastor in a Catholic church, and I'm not a Christian. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this could be a problem, you know? And so I saw the pearl in this guy, and he just tweaked me. He didn't, there wasn't the 180 degrees, but he tweaked uh -huh. me. He tweaked me, you know. I went to uh, this Jesus commune in Santa Fe, and I was doing yoga on the roof of the commune. And this guy watched me. He just watched me, you know. I was doing what's called the salutation to the sun, sun worshiping. Mm. And at the end of it, he said, you know that's of the devil, don't you? I went, really? You think so? He goes, yeah, I really do. And I stopped. I never did yoga again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like... You I just mean, needed somebody to tell you. When you're there, and I just encourage people. I encourage people. New agers are hungry if you do it right, you know? Mm. And so God just began to tweak and tweak and tweak. But I never did get this baptism in the spirit thing, you know? And so I got... I was hitchhiking back to Texas to be with my family over Thanksgiving, the only religious holiday I liked. Mm. And I got stranded on the side of the road in Oklahoma. And I just started walking down the road, praying a prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, a sinner. East and West together. I turned it into a mantra, <laughs> and I just kept repeating it. But I knew Jesus said no vain repetition. So I would Emphasize a different word every time. <laughs> Lord, Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, a sinner. <laughs> Guys, it worked. You found I'm, a loophole. I'm, you know, oh, 
you know. <laughs> that could take me down a rabbit trail, but I won't. Okay. And I'm walking down the highway, and all of a sudden, I throw down my backpack, and I start doing cartwheels. I'm like, okay, this is really neat. Is this that baptism of the Holy Spirit thing? I don't know, but it's... I'll enjoy it until whatever comes along. You, you just became full of joy. I just was just, I was overwhelmed. Mm. I could not contain it, you know? And, uh, and then I got a ride. The guy stopped for me and said, where are you going? I said, well, I'm trying to get to Houston. He said, well, I'm going south that direction. I'm going as far as Denton. Denton, Texas is the college in the early 70s where I lost my virginity, got introduced to the new age, got introduced to radical politics. Wow. And uh, he's taking me to Denton. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if this is somehow spiritually mm, significant. Full yeah. circle. In some way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get let off, and I've got a phone number of a Jesus commune outside of Denton called the Fatted Calf, where this guy has a ranch, and he gives free steak dinners on Friday nights to college students if they'll let him preach the gospel to them. Mm. And so I knew somebody that lived at this place, and I called them, and they came and picked me up. And I was showed up just before their Thanksgiving gathering. And this very kind girl saw that I hadn't slept in a long time. So she let me sleep in her bed. And she woke me up just as the meeting was, the meeting was starting, right? And uh, I went in and I walked in and the meeting is just cranking. And I'm like, oh, it's cool, it's cool. And they said, the altar call, the Holy Spirit is here for people that need a anointing for leadership. Come forward. And I thought, man, 100 kids in my youth group? I probably do. So I went forward, and just nothing happened. I'm standing there. And then they said, okay, the anointing for healing is here now. And I'm still standing there. And they said, well, what healing do you need? And I said, no, I'm here for the other one. <laughs> and she got a word of knowledge on me. Hmm. And she leaned in, and she said, you have been physically celibate for years but you're not mentally celibate, and you know it does not satisfy God. Mm. And I exploded in rage. Wow. And I began cursing God and cursing her. I said, I am doing the best I can. Cut me some flack. Mm. I said, you're not helping me at all. I'm mm. crying out to you, and you're not answering. I'm, hit I'm just, <laughs> and bless her heart, just guy, the guy like the guy that led me to faith. She began to back up like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Mm. Uh just put my hand into a bee's nest here, you know? Mm. And then, bless her heart, she had courage, and she stepped in. And she says, and you've been praying for the power of the Holy Spirit, and I've got a word for you that's going to open you up to the power of the Holy Spirit. And the rage was just gone. I'm like, okay, okay, mm. what is it? What is it? Fast, pray, study, meditate, serve, anything, any, anything, I'll do it. And she said, the word for you is relax. Mm. And she touched me on the forehead. I did not even think that that was in God's vocabulary. He had mm. never said it to me. Mm. Relax? God saying relax? And, you know, the charismatic thing, I got slain in the spirit. Mm. And this began probably at least a two-hour deliverance service. I punched them. I kicked them. It's reported. I spit on them, perhaps threw up on them. Bless them. They just persevered and persevered and persevered. And finally, I'm laying on the floor, and I begin to shout. And I begin to shout, 
praise God, God's got the victory, praise God, God's got the victory. And she wasn't, and I'm inside going, who is that? Who is that? Hmm. And I prayed, don't let her be fooled. That's not me. Hmm. I know that's wacky, right? I get it, but that's what happened. Okay. And so she moved into my face and said, you religious spirit, you shut up and come out of him. According to the book of James, if you, res- if you submit to God and resist the devil, he has to flee. Mm. To the best of my ability, I'd been submitting to God, and now, praise God, resisting the devil, he fled. Mm. He was gone. And for the first time in my adult life, I experienced righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow. I'm just laying on the floor. And bless her, she, you know, she comes up and looks me in the face and says, I think you need to receive the gift of tongues now. Hmm. I went, oh, okay, what's that? <laughs> so she took me to a table, opened the Bible, showed that it was the promises of God in Mark 16, and, and showed me that it happened at Pentecost, and Paul, you know, was tweaking it in the book of Corinthians, you know, the, the Corinthians. He showed me it was a biblical thing in the Bible. And I said, okay. And then she said, children often learn to talk by mimicking their parents. So you just mimic me, and we'll see what happens. And I just watched her mouth, and she started talking, and I tried to mimic it, and for about three seconds, I was doing that, and the next thing I know, this river is coming out of my mouth. Hmm. And it's just like, just, and I probably spoke a dozen words of English over the next 36 hours, but I never closed my mouth. Hmm. It was just this river flowing constantly. And two things came out of it, just this passion for God's word and this passion for him, he himself. And people would tell me, you know, they'd say, oh, Chuck, man, you're just getting brainwashed. And I'd say, you're right. Hallelujah. My brain is filthy and so is yours. <laughs> I, said, I said, I need a, I need a Holy Ghost drain over. My brain could use a good washing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that, you know, again... And that was Thanksgiving of 1979. And I got born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And subsequent to that, you know, I got water baptized, the three initiatory experiences into the kingdom. And I can just testify that uh, God is holy and he's on the throne and he's infinite. But he's also a papa. And he also wants an intimate, intimate communion and fellowship with us. And that is beyond rational comprehension. The man, the the being that flung the stars and called them by name and and measures the heavens by the span of your hands and is holding the atoms together in my body, he wants an intimate fellowship and communion with me. But, beloved, it's true. It's true. Come on. And he has initiated it, and as you... Follow the leading of the Spirit, you will grow in it. I mean, beloved, it's just like a relationship. You meet somebody and you think, well, gosh, I'd like to get to know them. Why do you want to get to know them? There's just something about them that attracts you, and you move in and you start getting to know this person. Same with God. Same with him with you. You know, you move in and you begin to get to know him. Initially, you get to know him by what he creates. Wow. 
trees are awesome. The wind is awesome. The water is awesome. The stars are awesome. Wow, God, good job, good job, good job. <laughs> yeah. you know? And then you begin to get to know him by your conscience, things he likes, things he doesn't like. you know. But then you get born again, and then the Holy Spirit moves inside of you. And then you start getting to know him through the scriptures. And then the fullness of Godhead in bodily form, you get to know him through Jesus Christ. Come on. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus, mm. okay? And it's just this growing thing. And I just want to encourage you, beloveds. So many of us say, well, you know, in the millennium or in heaven or when I get my new body, and that's real. I'm, I'm with you on that, okay? But it doesn't, don't wait. Mm -hmm. Don't wait. You know, allow him to draw you into himself. Yeah. I was talking to my brothers here, you know, Paul teaching Timothy about prayer. He talked about, you know, he said, first is supplications, then petitions, then intercessions, and then the giving of thanks. And there's just a, it's a progressive thing. Beloved, everybody supplicates. Okay, Muslims supplicate, Hindus supplicate, Buddhists supplicate, and a fifth grader is about to take a test. Supplicate <laughs> <laughs> a guy off about to ask a girl on his first date. She he's supplicating. Okay, everybody does it, and basically they can be summed up in the word help. You know, mm. <laughs> that's real. There's something out there. You are a you are a spiritual being. You are created in God's image. You are created for fellowship with Him. And that your spirit is crying out in ignorance. You know, it says that in the book of Exodus, uh, God speaking to Moses says, I have heard their supplications, go ye therefore. You know, mm -hmm. and the word supplicate in Hebrew means I grieve with, with them and I mourn with them and I groan with them, mm -hmm. go ye therefore. So the Jews, bless their heart, 400 years in Egypt, their concept of God was probably wrong or largely wrong, but they were supplicating. So I encourage you, you've always done that, continue to do that. But then the next thing that Paul says is the word petition. And petition means he's a being and you approach him with respect. You approach him with faith. Mm. You approach him with expectancy, mm. okay? As you get to know him and your big prayers begin to change. You're not just... You're not just crying out. You're saying, well, God, you know, you've, you've helped me before. I'm expecting you to help me again. You know, what about this, Lord? And you begin this dialogue in it. But I've got to caution you. Paul said in Philippians, we make our petitions known to God. And he, in Philippians, he makes no promises to answer your petitions according to your prayer. Okay? Mm. Because... Beloved, in all probability, your petition might not very well be his will for you, mm. just because you think it is, okay? Mm -hmm. But the deal he promises is if you'll make your petitions known, according to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, if you make them known, and how non-difficult is that? Make them known. I'm making known to you I need two tires for my car. Mm. I'm making known to yeah. you my shoes are wearing out. I'm making known to you, you know, whatever, 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 you know, school fees for my kids. I'm making known to you. He takes the petition, the burden off your heart and gives you back peace mm -hmm. that passes understanding. That's good. And then you can pray. Mm. You're not praying in anxiety or worry or fret. Say, well, Lord, actually, 
Maybe you're smarter than me. <laughs> maybe you Just would like maybe. to do it some way different than that, okay? It's a possibility, you know. <laughs> and then, beloved, you start moving into the realm of intercessions. Mm. The word intercession means to stand between. Yeah. Jesus is the king of kings, and you are a prince. You are a king in training. Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus is the great high priest. You are a priest in training, mm. okay? He wants you to stand between him. Okay, if you're standing as a priest, you're standing between God and the situation. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, God, you desire to be merciful. You desire to be kind. You desire to be benevolent. You desire to show your kindness in this situation. What hindrances are there? You know, mm. that's, what a, that's what a priest does. He, he petitions and facilitates God's glory to be released into a situation. Wow. I love the first picture of intercession in the book of Ex in the book of Leviticus. Okay? You can read it, Leviticus 9. Aaron goes in and makes the first intercessions as the high priest, okay? He's establishing the tabernacle of, you know, uh, the uh, altar of sacrifice. He's establishing the lavers. He's establishing all the things. He's anointing all things, things at, for the first time, okay? And he comes out, and I picture, this is a Chuckalonian's picture, <laughs> I picture that he's kind of worn out. Okay, I crossed all the T's, I dotted all the I's, okay, I did it. And he's about to take off his priestly robes and put on his street clothes and go home for dinner, all right? And he goes, oh yeah, one last thing. I was supposed to lift my hands and bless the people. I forgot that part, okay? And it says in Leviticus, it says, he lifted his hands and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to three million people, and they fell on their faces. Mm. I think he was shocked out of his mind. Mm. He said, wow. there's a lot more going on than I had any idea. Mm. And beloved, there's a lot more going on than mm. you have any yeah. idea. And God's desire to you to be a priest. Yeah. As a reminder, the Prayer Culture Podcast is a ministry of two or more, which is a crowdfunded ministry. So if you enjoy this content, please check out our website and giving page listed in the description. Also, when you have a second, hit the like and subscribe button.